That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, welcome, listeners, to another episode of Two Guys Who Came of Age in the 90s and are just trying to share their love of Jesus with a dying world. Isn't that what this podcast is all about? It really is. The, nothing more, nothing less. And so, yeah. Well, good. let's but get to it. you look very it. clerical. And, well, I uh, always do. Yeah. You, you, you always look uh, like you're ready to go, um, you know, maybe around a golf or something like that. But yeah, in I'm a class, like church. a classy, I know. You're like, it's like you're wearing a collar shirt. Uh, are you wearing jeans today? Uh, no, I'm wearing a chinos. No, oh, see, yeah, you could go sort of a nice, you know, nice uh, country club, yeah, have a, a nice, uh, brunch, you know, warm, warm kind of wool shirt over top. So, yep, yep. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a charcoal gray suit. Outside. Yeah, I, know, I, know, I love it. And you do always have a pocket. You always have a pocket square. It says a uh, It says you mean business. That's what it says. It says I uh, blow my nose, and I also mean business. <laughs> I've come here. I haven't come. Do you to ever play use games. the pocket square, honestly, or is it just decorative? I do. I do. It's but ornamental. I, do, I mostly use it for uh, cleaning my sunglasses. These are oh, the kinds good. of important details of pastoral ministry that our listeners have come to expect, nay, demand, and they are so grateful for. This is your two pocket minutes. square useful, or is it just simply ornamental? Two minutes of garbage so, during time. the season okay. of Easter. Let's so, get um, into it. Let's get into ahead. it. Okay. Our readings today are from Acts chapter 2, verses 14a, 36 to 41. <laughs> then 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 to 23. You know, people are laughing, and it's great. So, and then uh, Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. Yep. So, third Sunday of Easter. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, we're recording, as you said, it's still kind of chilly in Poo York City, <laughs> but it is, it's warm up here, but it'll, it'll hopefully be getting into like real nice weather by the time mm. you're preaching this passage, so, wherever you are. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, let's just jump, jump into it. And I want to open up with the collect because the collect for us is uh, really gives the lens of what, of, uh, of kind of how to interpret these, ne- these passages uh, for a bit, you know, it says, um, uh, Whose blessed son made, oh God, whose blessed son made himself known to his disciples in the what? In the breaking of the bread. So there's two ways by which God primarily makes himself known. We've seen last week it was through the preaching of the word based Mm -hmm. on the witness of these apostles. And now we're reminded about the second way that this comes to you. And it's through what? The breaking of the bread. And in the breaking of the bread are um, the eyes of our faith. You know, I love how Augustine says it. Um, I see, I, I believe not because I see, but I see because I believe. Mm-hmm. Or um, I, I, seen, I have faith not because I see, but I, um, 
see because I have faith. So open the eyes of our faith that we may behold Jesus and all of his redeeming works. And you know, it is there gathered around that table in bread and wine that we are reminded and celebrate the memorial of those redeeming works. And so where he meets us in bread that is his body and wine that is his blood. And so, um, you know, this is just, this is the theme and this can really uh, shape the way you preach this Sunday as we look at the road to Emmaus. And one of the cool things, I meant to mention this last week, so sorry, listeners, uh, I didn't set you up. I wanted to say that as you begin the season of Eastertide, of, of Easter season, you have opportunities for some really great sermon yeah. series in that all of Easter, you're going to be reading through the book of Acts, this mm. early part of Acts. You're going to have, um, you're in Acts 2 last week, this week, and next week, and then you jump to Acts 7. And anyways, you'll be in you the kind of the story of the early Christian community. And then for the epistle reading, you're going to be reading through First Peter, this eyewitness friend of Jesus, the one who denied Christ, but now is this apostle and mm. writing this letter to the churches. So uh, there's, and you'll be mostly, except for today, in the Gospel of John and looking at the experience of Jesus' disciples. So there's a lot of things you could do with that if you are so inclined. But we continue in this Acts chapter 2, same speech, that we, same sermon that we heard Peter preaching last week, and now this is sort of the middle section. And uh, um, and he says, after having just described the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, which was God's plan from the beginning, that he'd be crucified and, and be raised, that he is now Lord and Messiah. And what's interesting is that Peter then doesn't tell them what to do. They ask. And there's something that's, Ooh, I think, a lesson a there good about good insight. preaching. Everybody says that a preacher has to give people an application, tell them what to do at the end. Somebody no, was just sir. asking me, he said, you preach a lot about the love and the grace of God, but don't you ever tell us what to do? And, you know, uh, no. Uh, I mean, there are ways to talk about it, but but you want to end where you don't answer the question for them. Peter really respects his listeners here, and he trusts the Holy Spirit to work in them, so he doesn't tell them what to do. So then they then ask, brothers, what should we do? And now this indicates that they're ready to hear. When they ask the question, now they're ready to hear And this is what Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And I will say, this repent doesn't necessarily mean what we think of. It means like, stop um, all those vices that you're doing and uh, cancel your your subscription to Bravo so you no longer just binge the Real Housewives over and over. Um, I could never do it. I could never do it. Quit all your social media. I know. Jake's like, I give and I give and I give. This is just for me. This little thing is just for me. I deserve this. (laughs) Yeah. So repent is not like quit all the bad stuff in your life. It might be that, but really he's speaking to a very religious crowd here. And so when he says repent, what he's saying is turn around from your old way of thinking, turn around from the way of thinking where you had to, you know, be good enough for God, where you had to, yeah, where you had to be the one who's um, meeting expectations, passing your annual performance review, being the perfect mother, father, spouse, worker, employee, uh, turn um, around from asking person. the question what we should do. Right, <laughs> right, and be baptized. So, and baptism is death. Baptism is being is the end of the ego, and he says, "Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ." For what? So that your sins may be forgiven and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so what's cool is if you did do baptisms on the second Sunday of Easter, last Sunday, uh, that'll be fresh in the mind of your congregation. You can talk about that again here, which they've just seen. And this is for everybody. And the beautiful thing, it's, it's for you who are near at hand and for all who are 
far away. Yeah. Um, this is the beautiful thing about the gospel is it's, it's for people that, um, that are in the church. It's for people that are outside the church It's the people that have never seen or set foot in the church. It's for everybody. Um, and it's, and the, gosh, incredible story. 3000 people are baptized mm-hmm. that day. So Amen. that's Acts two. Uh, and then we move to this gospel, this epistle, first Peter, still chapter one, verses 17 to 23, Peter talking to a church that is going through struggles and going through persecutions, and uh, and he's basically trying to encourage them. Uh, and he's saying that you've been ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors. Again, those things that in Peter's sermon people had to repent from, these folks also have been ransomed well, from those feudal ways. Yeah, and that's the powerful thing is that uh, when you've been ransomed, uh, well, uh, people who've been ransomed didn't do anything. Right. You know, you think about that. You were, uh, I was just talking to um, somebody about the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the ambassadors, the, the people working in the U.S. Embassy in Iran who were held captive. Mm-hmm. Or you mm-hmm. think about people like, you know, Russian soldiers or Ukrainian soldiers that are held captive um, and they're ransomed back. We trade, you know, trade people, you know, people who've been ransomed didn't do anything. This has been, um, and, uh, and from something very specific you've been ransomed from, and that's the futile ways. I mean, futile mm. meaning they like completely ends in destruction uh, from your ancestors. But you've been ransomed not with gold, uh, you know, something that's passing away. Uh, you've been ransomed with something very, very specific. It's eternal, and it's never changing, and that's the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and this beautiful thing, your faith and hope are set on God. Meaning, not on how you feel about God today, not about how you feel about yourself today. Um, this is because of what God has done. Whether you believe it or not, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. That is yeah. a fact that cannot be budged, smudged, removed, erased, or changed by how you're feeling about it at this very moment. And, and so, this, yeah. and it's it, this is the passage says he was destined before the foundation of the world. So this has always been God's plan. Um, the blood of Christ covers all and you can rest in that and that's what peter is trying to tell people that this is so unshakable and so unmovable and so worthy of trust and reliance that you can basically take it to the bank and i'm not talking silicon valley bank you know what i'm saying i'm talking about (laughs) it's not it's better than fdic insurance you know what i'm saying like it's uh yeah well that's and that's true and he says now that you've purified your souls i mean essentially been baptized you've been baptized by your obedience to the truth. Now, remember what that means is that's simply belief, faith, what God has done in you um, yeah. to, so that you have a genuine mutual love for one another deeply from the heart. And uh, that can only happen when your heart has been cleansed and your heart has been purified by the Holy Spirit that comes your way. And so that's being right. born again, not par- not of perishable, but imperishable seeds. I mean, this is essentially what he's saying. Obedience comes about by being born again, um, um, because obedience is impossible. Obedience to God is impossible without being born again. So that's uh, the point. Be baptized, um, and uh, that coming out of that, uh, well, uh, you are obedient to this truth. This whole talk of the imperishable just reminds me of our peeps conversation last week. Mm. And, you know, it just it always comes back to the peeps. God's love is is like a peep. <laughs> imperishable. It may, it may feel stale at a time at times. But yes, it's, always, it's never perishable. 
<laughs> All right. So Luke 24, we take a break from the Gospel of John to look at this early resurrection account, what mm. Jesus does as these two disciples. Can Again, just, this is... Yeah, go I ahead. say what not to say? Do not <laughs> say that the disciples had the sun in their eyes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Sorry, we're never Don't getting that. Have you heard a preacher say that, Jake? <laughs> yes, I heard it, and I just was like, are you kidding me? It uh, was so painful. He was like, you know, and so because they were walking east and it could have, or west, and it could have been in the evening, maybe they didn't recognize Jesus because they had the sun in their eyes. And I was like, ah, oh, this is the worst of modernism. Yeah, because I know every so, time I have been walking towards the setting sun, I can't see. I have no idea who's next to me. There's no clue. There's nothing I can do about that. My hands don't work to shade my eyes ever. It's impossible. Yeah. Maybe we so, should have a special series on the worst sermons ever preached. So, how not to be lame in the pulpit. Okay. So, uh, we won't so, do that. We're so, yeah, Jesus, the, his disciples are walking to Emmaus, and Jesus shows up and talks about them. He's like, so guys, it's like Steve Buscemi, what's up, fellow kids? And so they, they, uh, they're like, what? You haven't heard? And they tell him about this thing that's going on. Now, are you the only stranger who doesn't know the things that have taken place in these days? Like, what rock have you been buried under? And yeah. so, he, hey guys, Jesus is kind of like, I picture him kind of giggling like, oh yeah, well, I don't know, tell me more. <laughs> and so they tell him more, and it says, and you know, what's more, uh, some people who are with us, uh, went and well, found, you know, like they didn't, we didn't, some women astounded us, you know, those crazy ladies, uh, they well, said that his body was gone. And so we had to but, go check it out because we're dudes, you know, we had to go. But before you know, that, now here's why, here's why the sun is not in their eyes. They mm. haven't been touched by the spirit yet. Yeah. Uh, and the, you can only say Jesus is Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. So for them, he is nothing more than just this kind of random prophet that God actually listened to for a little bit. You yeah. know, and, you know, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Um, but, however, there are some interesting news about this prophet. Uh, this prophet isn't like the, the stickers you see all over New York City. You know, Messiah is here. Uh, that Messiah is still in the grave. Uh, but this Messiah, there's rumors that he's gotten out. Yep. And so they walk, and they're getting near this village, and it's pretty far. I mean, it's it's uh, several, seven miles from Jerusalem, as it says. So so they have been walking all day long. They get there in the evening, and uh, then this wonderful, beautiful passage. Wait. He takes, yes? Well, hold on. You can't jump that. Oh. Then he... Don't tell me what to do, but go no, ahead. Then Jesus... I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. You're Sorry. Um, anyway, he de- he tells it. He like finally he looks at them. You know what I mean? And I just he's like, "You f- foolish people! Yeah. Like how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had declared." AKA, and once again, just as a reminder, in case anybody in congregation thinks this was Plan B, no, this is Plan A from the beginning. And yeah. it is what did the prophets look for? That the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into glory. So um, beginning from, and he begins to unpack for them the red meta narrative that goes throughout from Genesis to um, Malachi. He begins to walk through them and begins to interpret them. You know, you want to know what the hermeneutic lens for Christians is of the Old Testament? It's Jesus. 
Uh, yeah. Because and somebody was Luke like, well, don't, don't you think Jesus was a little arrogant to say that the Old Testament was all about him? And I was like, well, uh, we believe he's God, and so you yeah. know, and so. Uh, but he begins to point that everything from Genesis to Malachi begins to take the shape. That red mm. meta narrative begins to take the shape of the cross. And yep. now, because it's not just simply like word and hay from a distance, he's going to do something very tangible. Yep. And so, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you interrupted me because that's really important to say that, that uh, I mean, this whole line that all the scriptures are about Christ. Um, and then they get to this village and they're sitting down to have a meal and Jesus takes some bread. And here's the thing that you hear, you know, you they're hear like, this hey, in the buddy, Eucharist. Stay with us. Hey, do yeah. you want a snack? Like they still like, he's just like. They don't they still, get it. They don't yet. get it. So he said. So he takes, blesses, breaks, and gives. And you'll see this in our communion service as well. That's sort of what we do when we rehearse the story every Sunday. And it's then you know back to the collect. The eyes of faith be open. Here's the, it says their eyes were open. Now obviously their eyes were already open. Like they could see. So here this it's talking. This is the eyes of like, faith, though. It's the eyes of faith that get open, and they recognize him. Um, and this beautiful passage, like we're not our hearts burning uh, as he was talking to us and opening the scriptures to us. So this is what actually a good preacher does, and this is what a good, hopefully, a good sermon does. It points to Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, opens the scriptures to people so they can see that it is about Jesus, this friend of sinners who lives, dies, and rises again to offer that grace and forgiveness to all. As we heard in at the beginning, um, what Peter says that Jesus is for, repent and be baptized so that your sins may be forgiven. This is the get out of jail free card. This is the unconditional love card. This is all of it. And so um, this is this is the, that burning in the hearts, and this is what the sermon should do, is to open the scriptures so they see that Jesus is there offering the same thing to them. And they're so excited about it, they, they don't even finish their dinner. It's the same hour, they get up and they hoof it back to Jerusalem, which, again, seven-mile walk. When have you been, like, in such a hurry that you had to immediately leave and walk another seven miles after you just walked seven miles? Mm. So uh, this is, uh, this is the, the grace of God transforming people's lives, people who don't understand, people who don't get it. And Jesus, again, still proves to be this incredibly gracious, loving, forgiving person who wants them to understand, wants them to get it, wants to open the eyes of faith so they can see. Um, and it's, just, it's such a beautiful picture of people not getting it right. Again, like Peter didn't get it right, like all that. And yet Jesus comes and shows them who he is and how through the breaking of the bread, meaning this is Again, my body broken for you through the cross is, again, what does it? That's where you see mm. Christ. So that's the third mm. Sunday of Easter. There you go. And, yeah, I mean, summer's around the corner. Start uh, stocking up on your sunscreen. But enjoy these spring days a little bit longer. And um, we'll see you again next week for fourth Sunday of Easter. And keep eating those peeps. Today's episode brought to you by Peeps. Somebody's looking. Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.